episode 115. There's no excuse for no growth. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You know, the Game Changers with Jason Jennings, he's the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. Jason, great to be with you today. Uh, Dale, great to be back with you. And there was something I was meaning to tell you last week, and I forgot. Uh, I was re- before we get into it today. Uh, I was recently on an airplane a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I got bumped up to business class because of the frequency of my travel, not because I buy business class tickets. And I was sitting next to this guy, and he was I. Uh, 38, 42 perhaps. And uh, at some point in time before we took off, he turned and uh, he said, my name is Charles. And I said, I'm Jason. He said, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm an author. And he said, oh, you're Jason Jennings. And I said, yes, I am. He said, I listen to your podcasts all the time. And, 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 you know, anybody can say that, but, but, he was telling the truth because he was actually able to cite uh, several recent episodes. And then he said, and this is what I forgot to tell you. He said, you know, I really like that Dale Dixon. He said he asked some questions. He said some weeks I think he's better than you are. <laughs> he was just trying to keep you humble, I guess. I don't know. Uh, well, I guess. Well, I guess. Thank so you. I wanted, to pass, I, I wanted to pass that along to you and I forgot. Thank you. That made my day. Fantastic. Well, let's, hey, let's jump into this because speaking of – conversations uh i i uh we in the in the few seconds we talked before the uh the record button was pushed you said you've had a lot of conversations this week with people in the business community uh doing interviews for upcoming speeches you had one common theme and that common theme was an excuse factory so uh. Yeah, and and an excuse factory. So for those people who are listening for the first time, and they don't know, regular listeners already know. Uh, but for uh, every speech or teaching assignment I take, uh, I insist uh, that I have to spend an hour, uh, an hour and a half with the CEO, and I want to conduct interviews or conversations uh, more than an interview with twelve other leaders within the organization to find out what they do, what they own, what they're responsible for, the challenges they face, how the pipeline looks, what keeps them awake at night. Uh, so when I get up in front of an audience. At least I can telegraph the fact that I care enough to have done my homework. And so this week, in preparation for a couple of speeches, I probably interviewed, uh, I guess, 20 or 24 people, uh, top executives, business owners. And after every one, I was putting down the phone and going, oh, my God. I mean, you know, another excuse. I mean, I feel like I am in, as you said, an excuse factory. And, And it was all about a lack of growth. And so I, I, I heard virtually every reason under the sun for why companies aren't growing. And I just want to remind uh, people listening that the last time uh, we talk about growth a lot, at least we allude to a need for growth a lot. But the last episode where we actually talked about growth was episode 76, like 30 episodes ago. Uh, so we're not a one trick pony. We do talk about things other than growth. But I thought it'd be interesting today to share with you the excuses for a lack of growth on the parts of these companies and then debunk them with fact. Uh, and so re- can we do that? Absolutely. And remind people that if you're not growing, you're dying. There is no just status quo in this day and age. 
There, there is no staying the same. You're, you're either going ahead uh, or you are dying. Well, the one I heard a lot this week is uh, it's the economy. The numbers came out, and the economy is only growing last year, 1.6%. And, I mean, we've got to get back to much higher growth in the economy. It's the, the economy that is the reason that we're not growing. Well, uh, so we went back and did some study because we're studying all the time as research for our books. And, and here's what we discovered. Uh, in fact, margins, return on assets, and top-line growth have steadily declined for the last 40 years. So it's nothing new. And those 40 years, Dale, have seen seven recessions and seven recoveries. But now here is the big one. Dale, do you know that more than half of the members of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, more than half, open their doors during a recession? Mm. So you can't use the excuse, it's the economy. Uh, everybody faces the same economic prospects in the marketplace. And if the only time you can grow is when the economy is in overdrive, you probably have a very bad business model. Number two. Oh, wait, this week, you gotta, you've got to repeat that. <laughs> that cannot escape anybody. So you repeat it. It'll have more weight. <laughs> if you only can grow when the economy is cruising along, doing really well, then you have a bad business model. Uh, without, without question. In just the last 40 years, there have been seven recessions. Yeah. I mean, every five to six years, uh, there is going to be a recession. And if it's going to knock the wind out of your sails and kill you, you probably don't deserve to exist. I, so you can't, you can't count on, 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 on the headwinds of the economy or the tailwinds of the economy, I mean, to be your life preserver. And I would say condense that into 140 characters and tweet that one out. Okay. Right All there. Right. Yeah. All right. Number two, somebody actually told me this week that growth, and th this was a high ranking, it was not a CEO, it was the next level down in the C-suite, growth is outside of our control. And I said, uh, can you explain that to me? And he said, look, you know, it's those darn Democrats or it's those darn Republicans it's acts of God. It's recessions and uncontrollable events are the reasons we're not growing. Well, what I want to point out to you, we went back and checked this week. 83% of companies that fail did so because of errors in their own execution. It was not acts of God, recessions, those darn Republicans, those darn Democrats, or uncontrollable events. It was 83% of companies failed because of their own errors in execution. So growth is outside our control, doesn't wash. Mm. And the data backs it up. Okay. And the data backs it up. Number three, uh, and uh, I hear this one a lot, we're too big to grow or we're too old to grow like startups. I mean, we're a big established company. It's hard to move the needle like a startup does. Well, what I would point out is many large companies in distribution, retail, energy, education, and health have blown up their old bureaucracies and become more nimble and fast. Uh, just last month, and I told you the story of how I was with Ann Promagiori, where she's the CEO of ComEd in Chicago, and it's a former old electric utility that people actually spend time in and now is the place where every bright person wants to be. They are growing. They are reinventing. It's one of the most exciting companies on the planet. So, so the argument that we're too big to grow or too old to grow like startups uh, doesn't hold water either. Uh, number four, 
and I heard this one a couple of times this week. Uh, somebody said, we're going through another round of cost cuts. The only way for us to grow our profits is to constantly cut uh, costs. Well, uh, went back, checked the research, uh, across the board cuts have been shown to fail 93% of the time. Now, I'm not suggesting that uh, on occasion you don't need to be a good surgeon and with precision cut something or reduce something. But cutting across the board has been proven to fail 93% of the time. In fact, my head of research, Larry Houghton, has got a phrase for it. He calls it feeding the weeds and starving the flowers. So, And that, does that tie into the culture aspect of what you do to the people in an organization when there's just an across the board and those left behind say, oh, my gosh, when when's it going to happen to me? Uh, when's it going to happen to me? Yeah. Uh, when is my when, when's it my time? When's it my turn? So it, it just uh, it, it, it's it's inaccurate. And then this one reared its ugly head again. And uh, we have talked about this uh, on, on occasion in the past. We need a merger or we need an acquisition. Uh, if we're going to if we're going to have to grow, we need to acquire or be acquired if there's going to be growth. And uh, I get tired of repeating this one. McKinsey, uh, the blue chip consulting firm, proves repeatedly in their research over and over and over again. Get this number, Dale. Ninety percent of merged companies fail to accelerate growth because of a merger. Ninety percent of merged companies fail to accelerate growth because of a merger. So if you think the only way to grow is to acquire someone or to be acquired, uh, it's incorrect thinking. And finally, Dale, uh, I heard this one again this week. You know, our people just won't change. Uh, I can't get our people to change. I can't get our people on board the growth wagon. I can't get them excited about going forward. Well, there's been repeated studies, and we write about this one in my book, The Reinventors. Studies show that when you decide to go in a new direction or do something new or undertake a new initiative, here are the numbers, the averages. 17% of all people will get on board immediately. They'll do whatever you ask them to do. They'll get behind you and support you. That's 17%. 63% will jump on board when they think it's safe. And so the challenge to leadership and to ownership is to make things safe. The actual number is it's only one out of five who won't jump on board, uh, who won't help out. And, of course, those are the one out of five that you probably want to move outside your company. Hmm. Uh, so there you have it. You might want to repeat the list. Um, but those are the six reasons I heard repeatedly this week as to why companies weren't growing and I wanted to debunk them. And once you review the list, then I'll tell you how to uh, actually create a culture of growth, and I'll do it very quickly. Oh, awesome. But I, I want to go back and sum up numbers, the response that a business should have to number six based on one of the best lines ever uttered in 115 episodes of The Game Changers. Do you know where I'm going with this? No, you, I can't wait. You carry the wounded and shoot the stragglers. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly right. And uh, and I heard that uh, from a man who was involved in the merger of two huge, huge companies resulting in a $25 billion company. I think it may be one of those that is going to be very successful. And that was his full-time job uh, for the first year after the acquisition. And I said, how do you do it? And he said, look, people are nervous. People are scared. So what you do is you carry the wounded, but you shoot the stragglers. If somebody's not going to get on board... Bang, bang, you got to go. 
Mm. <laughs> okay. So we're going to recap really quick. Uh, it's the economy. Uh, the research shows that the economy does not have that kind of an impact. In fact, more than half of uh, businesses opened their more than half of the businesses on the Dow Jones Industrial opened their doors during a recession. Growth is outside of our control. Myth. Myth number three, we're too big, too old to grow like a startup. Myth number four, the only way to grow is to cut costs. Myth number five, a merger or acquisition is the way to we have to grow. Uh, only 90%, most, uh, let me see, only 90% of merged companies fail to accelerate growth after a merger. Keep that in mind. And myth number six, our people just won't change. Make it a safe place. So now, how do we create that culture of growth? So I'm reminded uh, a few years ago, uh, I was in Bangkok, Thailand, uh, with the top leadership of uh, one of the largest tire companies. Uh, I, I think they're now num- one of the top five tire companies in the world, Apollo Tire. They're based in India. And uh, I was with their uh, managing director, uh, a young guy, a young 38 to 42, I guess, and and his top leaders. And he was telling me the story over dinner. He said, for years and years and years, uh, I mean, we were just stuck. We were stuck doing $300 million a year. Nothing was happening. We'd be up a percent, down a percent, up a percent, down a percent. And then there were all kinds of things that took our attention. There were all kinds of fires to put out. And every year we found ourselves in the exact same place. And he said it was just no fun. It was just becoming drudgery. And so one day we got together with our top people and said, we are going to turn this company into a culture of growth. We're going to become a growth organization. What can we do? And they spent two days with their top 20 leaders, and they laid out the plan for trans, uh, transforming themselves into an organization of growth. So first of all, you've got to have some big goals. You've got to make the decision to be a growth organization, and you have to get your senior leaders on board. And if you've got a senior leader on board that doesn't want to go to the party with you, then it's time for that senior leader to go someplace else. So that's number one, intentional. You've got to have some big lofty goals. You've got to make a decision to become a culture of growth, and you have to have the senior leaders on board. And senior leaders who are not on board and are going to try to damage the effort, they've got to go someplace else. And then the second step is this, and and this is straight out of the research for all of my books, and that's this. You have to have every single person know and understand how what they do is connected to growth and can be measured, will be measured, will be scored, and will be compensated. And that means every person in the organization, I should be able to walk up to any person in the organization and say to them, what does your role as the receptionist have to do with growth here? What does your role as a salesperson have to do with growth here? What does your role in R&D have to do with growth? You're in contract support. What does your role have to do with growth? And a, a magical thing happens when everyone in an organization I mean, when it's been cascaded down throughout the entire organization and everybody understands what their role is in growth, how it can be measured, how it's going to be measured, how they can improve the measurement and how they're going to be compensated, um, a magical thing happens. It is actually that that simple. But, of course, uh, the simple is sometimes very difficult. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I I had a conversation this morning with a group of people, and I'm going to make some people really mad right now, but hopefully – 
I'm going to have your permission to, to, to leave it in when we're done with this podcast. But the conversation was around bureaucracies, which we talked about earlier on. Yes. Uh, and it was around project management programs. Yes. And how damaging project management programs are to an organization and really stop everything because everything becomes bureaucratic process steps and nobody is held accountable to get things done. And so uh, the person I was talking to said, I went in in an executive role. We got rid of the project management programs. We did exactly what you just said. We, we connected everything to growth and let everybody knew, know exactly how he or she would be measured and the results expected. And productivity skyrocketed. Soared. 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 Absolutely soared. And uh, they saw morale go up. And uh, and the other guy works for a large company where it hasn't been done, and they still have project management and project managers and programs in place. And he said the bureaucracy, bureaucracy continues to grow. Morale is in the dumps. Nobody's responsible to deliver anything. And uh, the project managers point fingers. And, <laughs> and it was just the polar opposites, but it's so illustrates exactly what you just said and one company is doing great and the other one they're they're having the struggle so i saw the evidence of it today in a conversation jay you just warmed my heart proof positive so any proof final positive. words for us uh yeah you know i um uh probably a couple of times a week i i don't have much free time and i've got even less free time when i'm off the road because i'm preparing to be on the road but at least a couple of times a week, I, uh, I look over to my left and I've got a copy of uh, all of my books uh, and all of the foreign language translations of all of my books. Uh, I, well, I don't know if we ever talked about that. My books are now in a total of 34 languages around the world. And so maybe I guess it's a little legal or a little point of pride. Uh, it's, it's, it's the only showpiece I have uh, in my office. But what I do uh, a couple of times a week is, I, is I'll just grab the reinventors or I'll grab the high-speed company or I'll grab uh, less is more. And, uh, and I'll just sit down and I'll open it up to a page, maybe page 20, page 80, page 60, someplace in the middle of the book. And I just read for about five minutes. And, uh, I happen to do it this week with the book, the reinventors. And, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, if, if you're interested in embracing change and growth, and if you haven't read the reinventors, you're really doing yourself a disservice. There's just a lot of great material there for, for people. Absolutely. Thank you. By the way, if you would like to ask Jason a question, you can do so via Twitter. All you have to do is uh, include hashtag Ask Jason Jennings. Include it as a hashtag. We're watching for those questions. We will answer them here on the podcast. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. You can find out how to arrange to have Jason keynote your next event or leadership conference and... Learn about his fees and availability. Just check out the website, jason-jennings.com. Click the contact button. Follow those instructions. We'd love to hear from you. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Growth is yours. 
You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.